Welcome to the College Basketball Roundup Podcast, Episode 2. I am your host, Chris Kapikian. Thanks for joining us back. Hope you guys enjoyed Episode 1. Had some great things to talk about in Episode 1. Um, and looking at the games and how they played out, it's a pretty good start. Pretty good start for my re- my record. Uh, let's put it at that. Missed in a couple areas, but we'll get to those. All right, let's get right into it. Games to recap uh, from the week. First one, Texas Tech going to number one, Baylor. We had the keys to look forward to here. Uh, Baylor at home blitzes teams right off the jump, and they did. They started on 10-2 run. Texas Tech ate it, took the punches, and said, look, our strength is playing ugly. They forced 14 turnovers and came out with a 65-62 win and gave Baylor their first loss since the beginning of March 2021. Uh, If we look at the numbers Texas Tech put up here, you would say there's no way this game is close, let alone does Texas Tech win the game on the road. Texas Tech made five foul shots and shot 28% from three and won this basketball game. Those are mind-boggling numbers, and it proves that Texas Tech can beat any team, especially in the Big 12. Um, But unfortunately for them, they they lost to Kansas State over the weekend. Kind of a letdown spot for them. But Texas Tech is a team you do not want to see on your schedule come March. Let's put it at that. The next game, number four, Auburn at Alabama. This was the game, number one game we had circled on the schedule for the week. It was the best game on paper, kind of. Um, we wanted to see how good Auburn was, and boy, are they legit, like we said. I had them ranked number two in my top 25, um, and by the time we record this next episode, they should be number one, and probably will be number one. Auburn, like I said, legit, but here's the thing. They have a ton of room to grow. Um, they're still getting used to playing with each other, um, and and they they have real 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 growth growth potential here. Um, keep an eye on Auburn to go uh, storm through this SEC, a really good SEC. Um, and then one thing on Bama, they really just they are not going to beat elite teams shooting seven of thirty one from three at home. If you're going to shoot thirty one threes, which I'm fine with. At home, especially, that's way too many possessions to only convert seven of them. You're not getting enough offensive rebounds to generate second-chance opportunities. You're not going to win the game. You're not going to beat an elite team, especially a team like Auburn. And for Alabama, uh, it's time to start panicking because they just lost at Mississippi State Saturday night. Um, It's tough times for Alabama right now. I think they're too experienced and too well-coached to write off, but they got to start hitting shots and start finding a, a better way to score and 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 keep games keep games closer. Uh, when they're getting behind, it's it's just not it's not how they want to play. Uh, next, the, I want to touch on two games kind of at the same time here. It's pretty fascinating. Um, so we got LSU at Florida and Villanova at Xavier. Okay, so LSU, you know, top of the SEC team, Villanova, top of the Big East team, Florida. Really solid SEC team. Xavier, really solid Big East team. 
I think all four of these teams make the tournament. I think everyone would agree with that. Fascinating how the numbers play out here. LSU wins 64-58. Villanova wins 64-60. They were the exact same identical game. I had them on simultaneously, and it was watching the same thing. It was it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Both Villanova and LSU scored 38 points in the first half and 26 points in the second half. Um, they both struggled to put a good good teams away uh, on the road in conference play. Like we say, it's that's there's nothing harder. Um, and they're going to take a win how they can get it. Um, for Villanova, they came back uh, Sunday and beat Butler by 40 at home. Okay, so they said, you know, Tough game. We'll, t- we'll take the win, but now we're going to start pounding teams. If you look ahead to Villanova's schedule, it's very, very easy. Um, I think they can run through the rest of the month and into February. Uh, riding a big win streak in Big East play kind of set themselves apart at the top of the conference. LSU had a tough loss on Saturday, but they're going to be okay. It was definitely another uh, letdown spot for them. Really the last big game. I want to touch on was Iowa State at Kansas. Um, I was uh, we had predicted that Kansas coming off their loss last weekend that they would, um, at least I thought they would beat the brakes at, off Iowa State at home. They did not. Iowa State lost by one point. And the biggest takeaway for me is I have still have no idea who either of these teams are. I don't know who Iowa State is. I don't know who Kansas is. These are two teams you got to just watch and, and see what they can show you. Um, how many ways can they win? Um, or are they just going to trade home and away games, go on a little run here, have a letdown? So these are two teams you got to watch uh, before trusting going forward. But, hey, weekend comes and they both win in blowouts. So definitely good teams. We just got to see how consistent they can be. Getting to the next segment here, some key notes that came out of this week. Um one of the top two or three stories here is, for me is Wisconsin surging. It's a whole team effort. I think uh, myself included with many other people thought, you know, Johnny Davis, top five uh, player in the country, undoubtedly, was just carrying them. We thought maybe, you know, he would slow down, which he has. He, he did not play good in either game this week, but they got great play from their guards. And they're – they're right now a top three team in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Um, and we'll touch on the Big Ten a little bit later, but Wisconsin is surging. Seton Hall drops two uh, games on the road in Big East play by a combined five points. A one-point loss at Marquette and a four-point loss. They did not like the way they started. Um, 96-92 against the Paul, which is going to leave a sour taste in Seton Hall's mouth. The next is... Uh, Something I got to be careful with here because it looks great for me. USC lost two games this week. They were undefeated, ranked number five in the top 25 by the AP. I had them ranked ninth, um, and that was just because they were undefeated. But we said it last week, they're a very fraudulent team, and they showed to be very fraudulent this week. Um, it was nice seeing them lose not only once this week, but twice. And then probably the top top headline here other than Wisconsin is Oregon. Struggled, struggled, struggled to start the year. Looked like they brought the wrong transfers in. Guys weren't meshing. 
their form, big guys, um, just not really finding a rhythm. But what happens with the Dana Altman-led Oregon team? The calendar year changes, and bang, two top 25 wins, two top five wins on the road in conference play. Uh, the Ducks are settling in like they always do. Uh, guard play's been been fantastic the last couple weeks, and their bigs are are understanding what they need to do defensively, getting rebounds, getting blocks. Um, Oregon's a fun team to watch, and, and Dan Altman just seems to always get them ready to go. So uh, don't write Oregon off right just yet. As we continue here with the key notes of the week, Baylor drops two at home. Their offense is struggling. I didn't get to watch either of the games very closely. Um, I kept up uh, with the game so I could see what was going on, but I, I wasn't uh, paying too much attention to the, to the detail on, on why their offense is struggling. They are a really good team in transition, but can't play transition basketball the whole way. So let's see what kind of adjustments Scott Drew makes. He's a great coach, knows what he's doing. Um, I think Baylor's going to be just fine. The next is Kentucky. Kentucky is surging. They have a nine-man rotation, a very deep roster, all the talent in the world. Rightly so, it is Kentucky, right? Uh, but a team people are sleeping on, um, and I think they're right where they want to be in the SEC. As we move forward, Gonzaga is pounding the West Coast Conference. Averaging over 100 points in conference play is just, I don't even know what to think about it. It's its tough because Gonzaga hasn't won anything yet, but once again, they're going to cakewalk their way to a number one seed, and it's just a matter of time until they finally break through, you would think. Um, to continue here, uh, Duke's the clear cut in the ACC. There's no one that's going to uh, challenge them for that crown. Um, will that hurt them, though, not being tested? It's kind of like a Gonzaga factor. You know, they're, they're going to drop a couple games in the ACC, maybe two, maybe three. But I don't know how tested they're going to be. Um, the talent's not really there uh, in who they're going against. Obviously, they have some great great players on their team. Um, but Duke's just it, – it's just tough to get a read on how good they really can be with – it's just unfortunate not being able to get any out-of-conference games for the rest of the rest of the season. As we continue here, a couple questions. Is the Big East top-heavy? I have no idea. I guess you could say the two clear-cut favorites right now, Villanova and Providence. Providence is going through a little bit of a COVID outbreak. They're going to go two, two and a half weeks without playing any ball, so we're going to see how they uh, come out of that. And Seton Hall right now is eight. St. John's is number nine. Um, those two teams can finish 3-4 anywhere in the 3-4-5 range of the Big East. So I think it's deeper than people think. Um, I think they're looking at at least six tournament bids uh, this year, which is always good. Um, but it's just, just going to be a classic Big East year where the home teams are going to win or be very competitive. Um, and even DePaul this year is competitive. There's, there are no cakewalk. They can score. Uh, Georgetown's the, definitely the bottom of the Big East and, and will be uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, but that's something to look look at. And the next question would be, how good is the Big Ten? Uh, Michigan State was not ranked to start the year. You look up, all of a sudden they're ranked number 10. Uh, you tune in, and they lose to Northwestern. And it's like, is this team good, or are they, are they just Michigan State, Tom Izzo? They're going to be ranked 10. Uh, so 
not really buying Michigan State. Ohio State's another team. You know, you, you, you say, are they just ranked in the top 15 because the number one team at the time, Duke, comes into their house when football season's over for them, and they win on a last-second shot, go-ahead shot to beat Duke. Is that what Ohio State's riding on? Another another team that struggled this week. And Michigan is bad. Michigan was uh, one of the favorites to win the, the whole the whole tournament this year and, and just basically a 500 record. The top of Big Ten for me is Purdue, most tested team. Wisconsin just continues to win. And in Illinois, uh, they were thrown in at the number 25 spot. They're probably going to end up being top 20 um, when we record this next next episode. Uh, so those are the things to look at. Keep an eye on the Big Ten. Try and figure out who you like there. I have, I have really have no idea. Like I, I just gave you three teams that I think are the top of it. But and then obviously the Big East. And then looking forward, next episode we're gonna look over the top twenty-five, give our thoughts on that, and then preview some of the key games for the week. The next episode should be out Monday night or early Tuesday morning. Thanks everyone for tuning back in and listening. Have a great night.